here we are again and it's always the best podcast we have when we have a friend and i've got to say i'm, I'm a bit excited mm, exactly. you know with a, sur- a good european surname like mine we've got somebody mm. who has a great european sounding name and who is that mark it's luke <gasps> Armstead? Armstead. Armstead. See, uh, I knew I was going to get it wrong, and that was the whole thing. Start off poorly. That's why I like let usual. you do it. You said you were going to get it right. Now, now, you said, I bet you can't get it right, so I'm going to make you do it. Now, come on, let's be truthful, didn't you? That might be true. But anyway, we're excited we've got Luke here from. Where are you from, Luke? I'm from Integra. Uh, Integra mm-hmm. Land Sales here in Ballarat. Uh, and it's to be here, guys. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic to have you here as well, mate. I mean, we're, we're pretty excited about it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So what we wanted to get you on tonight, Luke, was to talk about, I suppose, you know, land sales, how it all works, you know, why things take long to come on when they do. But maybe first up, who's Integra? What are they selling? What do you do? I was going to say, that's probably a good start because we know what Integra is, but there might be a lot of people out there have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So look, Integra, we're a family-owned development company here in Ballarat. I've been developing land for over 30 years now in the Ballarat region and certainly other areas of Victoria and Queensland as well too. And our major projects here in Ballarat at the moment are our Lucas and Valley Matters projects and um, a couple that are uh, certainly going very well at the moment. Yeah, so when people buy a block of land in Lucas or Bally Manus, they're buying it off Integra. Like on the they contract, are, it probably yep. says Integra. Certainly yep. does indeed, and that's uh, certainly where I come into it all. And Luke, so have they got, you might have said, have they got land estates outside of Ballarat? Or? Yeah, we've certainly got uh, land. We're also developing currently in Bendigo, and we've okay. had a number of other areas in through, uh, uh, another number of other areas within uh, Victoria, and also in Queensland, a number in years okay. gone past as well. And so family owned, you said? Family owned, absolutely. Okay. And um, that's pretty exciting though, isn't it? That it's still family owned. It's not, not, mm. not owned by a juggernaut somewhere. I think that's that's pretty amazing. Definitely. Look, we're a family owned company, and we're very, very proud of, uh, of, of that, and very, very proud of uh, the history that we've been able to bring to Ballarat. It's hmm. something where we live and breathe what we do and uh, whether it be the directors, whether it be our, our staff internally, uh, hmm. a, a big portion of us actually live in our estates as such and yeah. it's something that uh, we're very, very proud of. So hmm. speaking of that, I, I know it's not even one of the questions on there because we were going to give you some idea, but I've already gone off script. Yeah. I've gone rogue. <laughs> we, we sent like I've questions gone just rogue. to trick him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, how many, so how many people are involved in Integra? How many, how many are in the company? Indeed. So from an internal staff point of view, we're probably uh, around that 30 to 35 as it would be internally. Yeah. But then again, it's, uh, that doesn't include a lot of our, our preferred um, contractors on yeah, site, things be, like that. Yeah, there would be 30 excavators up there. Correct, days. indeed. So yeah. in terms of the amount of people we connect with there's uh, there's a very very big number at the end of the day and uh, it's great to be able to be so involved in employing so many people within Ballarat. Mm. I was going to say that's a pretty amazing effort for such a small staff but I but I dare say as you say you've got friendly groups that you Correct. continue down mm. the path with and I suppose on one development at any time you might have three or four times that working. Indeed, quite right. And uh, like at any point in time, we're going to have, uh, from a construction standpoint, probably 150 to 200 blocks under construction at any wow. point in time. And uh, it's certainly a lot of people involved to get it to that point, let alone from work. The, yeah. uh, the, the planning right through to the design, right through to the execution, and, the, and then the, uh, the building beyond that. And so, Luke, essentially you're their head salesperson. So I talk about this block of land I bought on here a bit, actually. <laughs> you you <laughs> actually so, have mentioned yeah, that a few times a few already. Times, so obviously oh, you're... Things, I hope. You're who I uh, purchased it off. Very smooth process so far. Um, 
But so you're who people will see, is that right? Is that Correct. Yeah, definitely. So myself and, and uh, my colleague Tiana, so we're the, yep. the two points of contact in that regard. And uh, it's something where, uh, again, we, we try and nurture people from the, in through the buying process in a variety of different states. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that some who are really looking for something that, to go today or those who are looking to get into the market in the next 12 months, we're sort of there to provide advice and guidance and opportunities yep. um, for anyone in all, from all different walks of life and all different um, situations too. So it's a, it's a great sort of one-stop shop in that regard. Yeah, and it is a bit different. Like you would know, Luke, even when I bought a block of land, like I'm a real estate agent, but I never bought, a, well, I hadn't bought a block of land for a long time. And it is quite different to say buying a house. Yeah. So Luke, when you see, you often see, you know, advertising titled lots or titles due in, you know, August, what does that mean? Yeah, abso- that mean? absolutely. So that probably comes back to my construction um, statement I made there before and the fact that what a title block of land is, it's a block that's ultimately ready to build on for, for the general public. It's a block that's ready yep. to build on today. You could have ultimately um, employ a builder and have a slab down in a, in a very short period in time yep. and it's something where you can go and stand on it today. The roads are all in, everything like that. What an untitled block of land is a block that's in every process prior to that. So whether that's... Right, um, okay. So in the very early stages, so for the most part, what I'm selling here within our estates is what is known as an untitled block of land. Mm. So an untitled block of land in the very early part so is effectively just that vacant paddock as such. Now, that is typically at the point where it's about 12 months away from title, mm-hmm. and it's something where it then progresses through the stages from there, and obviously yep. the timing comes in for clients from there. And so people could have a look at it. It's got sort of line markings of where they're going the to be or a sign, and that's about it. They've got to imagine how that's going to fit in, don't they, really, Quite right, at some like, stages. Yeah. I jokingly drive by Ballymanus <laughs> and I go, it's in there somewhere. I'm not sure where, but it's in there somewhere. Well, it's quite interesting. You're into buying like that because so, you're not quite sure what you're getting. It's a little bit different in some yeah. ways, yeah. So, Luke, why do, why do developers sell a block of land 12 months before it's... Yeah, a few factors there, Tim. A lot of it's to do with ultimately when you're building a block of land, there's a level of sales that need to be made prior to, I guess, banks lending to developers to build stages, things like that. So it comes into it for one. Um, A lot of it's a bit of a supply and demand type issue there too because a lot of people want untitled land. So there's a lot of benefits there, which I think we're going to touch upon a little bit later on today. but for the most part there, it's purely trying to keep up. The uh, the wait list for people wanting to land is yep. quite significant. So and people uh, go, I don't want to wait, I'll just... I want to secure one and I'm happy to wait 12 months for it to be ready. Indeed, and that's sort of where people are having to move and have that shift to that mentality because the opportunities to buy total land are becoming fewer and further between, unfortunately, and as such, it's something where um, that's where um, the untitled land becomes uh, the, the new norm in that regard. And I would say... Look, you'd be better, obviously, better to answer this question, but there would be very few estates, we're obviously talking about Ballet Manus and Lucas, but there's probably, you know, five or six main ones. I don't know of any that would actually really have many title blocks currently, would there? You're quite right there, Tim. It's something where us here, I've been with Integra now for a bit over four years, and when I first began, it was close to 25% of the land we sold was okay. in the titled form. So we'd have to effectively okay. build okay. it prior to yep. um, buyers securing it. Now, that started to change um, pretty much from that point onwards and yeah. dramatically so in recent in the last couple of years mm. and it was purely it was a, it became the fact that um, with so many more people coming to the market we've got to sort of find out window with how much land we can build and deliver in a 12 month window yeah things just uh, take time yeah. correct indeed and as a result people those who are perhaps that little bit um, in need of a total block of land 
as uh, as more of those buyers come into the market as such, fewer opportunities like that begin mm. to exist. And as a result, people have to then change their expectations and mm. accept that sometimes these untitled blocks are... And, and just guessing right. about that too, if they were waiting for a title block, mm-hmm. obviously that's near the end of a stage where there could be quite a bit of capital growth in there. So Indeed. you're probably paying a bit more than if you actually got in early too. Is that is, Would that be true to say? Indeed, Mark. And it's something where I'd say it's that old expression, the early bird gets the worm mm. in some respects. Mm. And that's one of the real advantages of buying an untitled block of land for the savvy buyer, whether that be the savvy buyer looking for growth in their own property or from an investment standpoint. Uh, basically, when you're buying an untitled block, particularly when it's at that really, what we call the virgin ground as such, where there's nothing broken, it's just farmland as such or, or, or vacant land. Well, you look at the pretend lines and you think yeah, that's right. It's like you're watching somewhere. yours. Yeah, that's yeah. Spot that on. spot. Yeah. It's yeah. exactly right. So when you're at that point in time, ultimately yeah, there's a, a fair bit of water to go under the bridge from a timing perspective. So, And during that time, we're releasing new stuff things like that and in a, in a buoyant rising market which we are here in Ballarat um, that land then typically continues to increase in value as the passage of time then progresses so as such it's something where by the time which titles issue often the, the value of that block of land can be considerably higher than mm. the contract price so it's a good equity building exercise and great yeah. for for investors for one but predominantly for those who are just looking to get some good growth whether they're borrowing against that equity um, first home buyers looking to actually mm. have some some good growth over their projects yeah and, and it also gives them a chance to do some more saving in the meantime so correct. they can hopefully improve their build at the other end of it too mm. I would think indeed you're quite right there Mark it's something where um, I always say this to every client who walks through the door. It's something where the land is a finite resource and it does... They're continue. not making any more, are they? Correct, exactly <laughs> right. Contrary to what we're probably suggesting tonight, but <laughs> it's something where ultimately it is a finite resource and once a client's got a block of land, um, then the, the opportunity to build then really comes to the forefront. You can fall in love with the design, but if you haven't got a block of land, there's nothing you can do yeah. about that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. So, and certain certain designs won't fit on certain blocks of land, so you have to make sure you buy the right one if you want that design. Quite right, and that's certainly where a big part of my role comes into it is understanding what uh, what home designers clients are after, and then having that knowledge from a building standpoint um, mm. to help be able to translate that into the coaching of them finding the right block of land as well. Yeah, because I don't want to. I know we spoke when I bought mine about you know having room for a shed out the back. Well, if you've got an easement goes through the middle and you can't build a can't shed, put a shed that work. And, <laughs> you know, you spoke to me about how far you know there's to be setback from the house, even all those sorts yeah. of things, which. Is information that you know, we don't know but that's why we need to come see it. so I do say you'd be a pretty interesting person and your company in particular that you that you're with about <laughs> how things are going to shape even in the future with you'd have to be right on top of planning and urban growth zones and things such as that is yeah. that true look uh, certainly within uh, with to, to a degree there mark i like to pretend in some respects to <laughs> that but uh, there's certainly guys um in our, in our office far uh, across it far better than i but mm. i certainly take a very big interest in and i'm exposed to a lot of things that others might not be privy to but the the planning for ballarat moving forward outside of just our estates is incredibly exciting and you look at if ultimately the the growth projections projections for the population uh, predict ballarat to grow by an 40,000 people over the next That's 15 years. a lot of years. people coming yeah. in, isn't it? Yeah. Indeed it is. And the interesting statistic for that is the fact that Lucas, for one, as an example, it is the largest land holding and therefore development within the Ballarat Growth Zone in its current form. Yep. So quickly, how many blocks in Lucas? So it's 2,200 in its current, current yep. form and, re- and very soon to expand to 3,300. Now, the reason to sort of identify that is the fact that, to me, from a planning perspective, is that beyond just what we have 
rezoning and being developed now. That's not even a patch of what will be required to actually accommodate this growth moving forward. And that's where Ballarat Council have got some great um, initiatives for um, in, infill developments, mm. things like that as well. But there's certainly a call for greater land and greater um, land holdings to be rezoned moving forward. And there's certainly some plans around that at the present. So and, did and he drop a bombshell there, Mark? He I said it's he, about to be expanded. I, I, yeah. I think I, I heard it too, Jim. I was I, about to go. I reckon <laughs> we might just have a scoop. I heard a uh, 2,200 <laughs> for you to enlighten <laughs> us a little bit more on this. What's this happening? Scoop. Where's it expanding? Well, this sounds pretty good. Indeed. I could certainly, uh, a few hints there, but not too many details. But uh, <laughs> ultimately, there's certainly um, one of the neighbouring allotments there is... Uh, uh, certainly uh, recently been acquired by uh, Integra and plans to be released to the market very early next year. And well, we have got a scoop, so, Tim. So not that you could say, but it could be to the south? I, it could be in that direction. <laughs> you might be right. right. So, I, I think you're on top of it. I think, <laughs> I think it's pretty easy to work out if you know if you know what's around there. But yeah. it's, it's a very exciting for us there. Okay. It's something that's going to bring a number of great great new home sites onto the market. So when is the current Lucas thing due to be finished? Like the last block? Yeah, great question. What we would call at, Lucas. at present, we've sold just over fourteen hundred lots okay. to date. So it's so a really about. established space. It's one of the the strengths of the project. Um, so with about eight hundred to go based upon that. Yep. So in theory, that's, that suggests that we should probably see completion four to five years. Yeah, so um, about two thirds. Well, two -thirds. And, and look, we've got to ask the obvious question too. I know, I know you've just got the serious scoop, yeah. but seriously, Luke, Lucas. Come on. <laughs> Come on. There's got to be something in there. I'd There's got to be something I'd, in there. I'd love to claim the connection, Mark. I would. It's uh, something that uh, rolls off the tongue well, Luke at Lucas. I can't deny it. It's one there that uh, the Lucas estate's named after the Lucas girls who were behind the, the Avenue of Honour. A really okay. proud... Well, that's a pretty um, amazing stat. I, I had heard something like that, but I was hoping that you were going to take credit for it. <laughs> I, because I thought that you might have the power to get Boston Bosch Boulevard yeah. <laughs> in there somewhere. I just thought... The men's place. Yeah. Oh, men's place. Oh, I like that. It's yeah. Yeah, well, it does. well to, to come back to the street names there, within Lucas, it's something we were actually nominated for uh, a Ballot Heritage Award here earlier this year and something, we're, again, we're very proud of is every street name within Lucas is actually named after a, 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 a someone who's honoured within the Avenue of Honour, so a Ballot resident oh, okay. who's well, part of World yeah. War One and Two. So, I, did, uh, I did not know I that. I did not know that. Oh, that would be an interesting thing for yeah. to go and actually do some research yeah. on all of these people. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of people who... I know that yeah. there's a fairly active historical society in Ballot, and I wonder if they actually should do that as a bit of a project. I assume they know. They <laughs> probably know, but, so. but, but wouldn't it be nice if they just released a street mm. by street with a bit of a background on each yeah. person? Exactly. If it's something where if you actually go to our website, whenever we try to do a new stage release, we try to do exactly that. So our uh, and our, we have that on our Facebook campaign, things like that too. So if someone's buying in, say, for instance, our, our latest uh, street there, Evans Way, basically mm. people can jump on or online and actually see the story oh. behind the street name. And if you actually look at the street names in the estate itself, you can actually look at the exact tree that oh, there's a number on every street yeah. sign that tells you exact tree that the oh, that's uh, just quite that is really quite amazing it just that. shows you that there's a lot more to it than most people would understand well <laughs> we've got a few questions here we better try and get oh that's oh, the oh, ones that exactly. I interrupted <laughs> so, and moved away from well there. um <laughs> What restrictions, covenants, as our avid listeners would know what that well, means. Well, we've been through we've covenants, been through so covenants, they're very learned, our listeners. Yes. Great, great. What, what do, why do developers put them on box? Absolutely. Look, covenants realistically there, they're there to protect the integrity of an estate. Ultimately, um, every developer will have certain um, 
um, outcomes they're trying to achieve. Yep. And covenants typically are put in place to help protect that vision moving forward. Yep. Um, and also, too, that's really put in place to protect, as I said, the integrity of the estate, which mm. therefore protects people's, protects people's investments. Yep. Um, so, for instance, within our estate, one uh, covenant there that people um, are always interested to know about and one we're very happy to highlight as well is that there's no further subdivision um, within our estate. So, yep. if someone so bought, they, can't, they can't suddenly put multiple units on those blocks. Indeed, you're quite right. And when we when we sell blocks uh, up to uh, 1,300 square metres, things like that, which well, we do have... Well, that's a fair size, isn't it? Yeah. You're quite right. And mm. it's something where um, the avid builder who, who may be following that would look and go, that could be a three or four unit townhouse yeah. site. Well, we yeah. put... Op, um, restrictions in place to ensure that mm -hmm. that's just designed for that grand family type home, which is really our core buyer at the end of the day. Yeah. Hmm. So that's that's probably one element. Bit of protection, and, yeah. Yeah. So it means well, that I can't go there and build my shipping container house <laughs> as well. It has to be of a certain style and standard yes. as well. Indeed, and it's something where at the end of the day, from a uh, from from that point of view, we do have that certainly uh, a guidelines to reflect that. But it's something where um, we also try to make sure the covenants don't get in the way of good design either. So uh, well, it probably yeah. does mean though that people can be guaranteed that they're yeah. they're going to have a, a standard that's going to be. Unfamiliar all the way through. Indeed, quite fine. Someone's phone ringing in the background. Yeah, but yeah, never I, stops here, Tim. Never stops. I think there's a yeah, there's a fine line. Like I wouldn't want to buy in a. Um Estate with no covenants, but you don't want too many either. So there's that Indeed. flexibility in between. Uh, yeah. yeah, but um, I've got to say that I, I think if you drive through the Lucas area, you can see it's extremely well designed. And and I'm I, I've particularly noticed um, having been away for many years and coming back a number of years ago that, that there's infrastructure that's designed as part of that as well. So is that something that is mostly council or is that something that you guys put aside certain plots of land for that as well? Yeah, great question, Mark. It's something where ultimately within growth zones it come, falls under what's called a precinct structure plan or a PSP in development terms. And a lot of the core infrastructure that you do see within developments because rezonings can fall over really fractured ownership. So Lucas was very fortunate. It was originally three landowners, so it was very easy to sort of tie together that large amount yeah, of land. Yep. But if you Gee, I would have liked to have been one of those landowners. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there yeah, right no, now. No. I don't think yeah. I was one of them. No. <laughs> we wouldn't be sitting here today. No, I don't think we wouldn't be doing this podcast. No. <laughs> but it's something where uh, basically when you start seeing um, these bigger um, parcels, yeah. we as developers always like to incorporate this, this core infrastructure to make it work with um, what's going to be there moving forward. But when you see the more fractured ownerships, council as part of the PSP will ensure that certain um, levels of infrastructure are servicing certain areas. So for instance, if we utilise, um, Lucas is a great example there where you've got the education precinct, that was always zoned by Barrett Council to effectively, uh, was designed to have that those facilities there to service that level, that area of the growth zone. Yep. And that's something where, with those resources now being established, residents are really getting the benefit of that now moving forward. Well, it's really noticeable. It means that you're not waiting for services lagging behind. Yep. So you're, you actually are moving into a community that works. Absolutely. So it's a fantastic thing. And it's mm. something that I've particularly noticed about um, the solutions up there that you guys have done. Mm. Um, Luke, when I rang up Block of Land and I said, you know, this one, yeah, that might work, and then you actually rang me one and not proceeded and got back to me, and you said, do you want to put it on hold? And I 
said, what's that mean? <laughs> we so, don't know about that. Very much, <laughs> what do we we just tell things yeah, and so, lease things. <laughs> so, and you often, people even ask yeah, it in residential, it they say, oh, can I put it on hold? And I'm like, I don't know what that means. There's no such thing. But with land, there is. So, is, so yeah. what does on hold mean? Definitely, Tim. So basically, with with hold, it's something there, It's there's really no uh, legal um, requirement to do something like that. It's something, yep. it's a courtesy we in the development industry like to yep. put in place to make it a bit easier for clients. It's something where we talk some of the volumes of land that does sell within Ballarat and it's uh, it's all great to pump our tires up and say how much we're selling but the way we're able to do that is to try and help clients make that decision to move forward in a really confident way. So we put this farm hold period in place to give people a chance to do their research to make sure the lot's going to suit their needs. So we talk the covenants that are on blocks of land. We like to see um, clients um, be able to go and do their research to make sure that the house design will suit their needs. Yep. Um, go and speak to finance providers to make sure that the um, the pricing and things like that's going to align yep. with their expectations and also to um, just simply chat with friends and family, make sure that they've got that confidence yep. to make that decision without feeling the pressure of have of the next person potentially walking through the door and grabbing it out from under yeah, them. So essentially, yeah. it was I think was it two weeks? Wait, two weeks, two weeks indeed. Yeah. It's something where uh, it's uh, that's probably a bit longer than most in truth. And okay. uh, if you're looking at uh, a lot of other areas, it's a lot shorter than that. But yep. here within Ballarat and being a Ballarat-based organisation, and with the vast majority of our clients being Ballarat-based, we understand the time that is required here in Ballarat to get that information through from builders and banks and things like that. And we don't want people that when they do to make, decide to make that decision to move forward, um, that they want they do it with 100% confidence. Yeah. And it's what leads to us having very minimal fallovers as a mm. result. Yeah, and I think like it worked well for me because essentially I went, okay, well, I've got two weeks. No one else can buy the block of land and it just gives you a bit of breathing space, as you said, just to be Well, there's a lot more decisions to be made, isn't there? It's not as if you're looking at it and you're walking it and you're touching it and you're feeling it. You've actually got to work out, is it going to work? So that time is a bit bit longer. I think that's a great thing that you do. And and 14 14 days is a a very, very generous period of time. And and no, you can't do it on a house. No, no, no. And you can't hold a rental property that you want either. No, it doesn't work. Put your application in, get it done. I thought I was starting a trend. It's quite a bit different. You might be, but we're not going there. Luke, Luke, I think if you looked as a whole, there's probably a general... push with developers and not just in Ballarat but everywhere that block sizes are probably getting smaller is it purely essentially we you know probably no one would admit it but is it mostly to do with um you know, developers being able to make more money out of a, out of a state or what? Really good question. Look, it's one there that ultimately it comes down to more of a question of affordability because yep. contrary to popular beliefs, it's not simply a dollar per square metre equation is what yep. the developer then generates at the end. By delivering more lots, there's a lot more servicing costs, a lot yep. more development costs yeah, involved. So your costs yep. go up as well. Correct, indeed. Yep. And, and often the smaller blocks actually become less profitable for a developer, believe it or not. Okay. So as a result there, we've always tried to have a variety. So for instance, what we our um, our larger lots, as we mentioned earlier, sort of go beyond that thousand square meter mark, which is something that Ballarat loves. And yep. but also what we're seeing is that with our metro top buyers, which are becoming a bigger um, buying source in, in here within Ballarat, mm. um, are we seeing a lot of the retiring top buyer coming to Ballarat? Those who have looking to sell the big home in Melbourne, potentially or the family home in Melbourne, and retiring to a place like Ballarat in an established community with the opportunity to have this low maintenance outcome, um, still with good services around them, and they're really gravitating towards the three to four hundred square meter blocks. Yep. So we tend to find because they probably don't want to do as much around the house. They just want it to be easy. Yeah, they don't need Absolutely, it. they don't yeah. need it. Yeah, indeed. But what we've probably done in, in recent times is that because 
dollars. Um, for us, we're, we're in this space where we're trying to sell a large amount of land. We always want to try and deliver really what Ballarat wants. And in recent times, we've sort of adjusted our lot mix to, to reflect that. So uh, we now deliver approximately um, uh, 11 homes per hectare, which means the average lot size is about 576 square so meters. I was going to say, I would guess most are somewhere between five and six, but which the is average terrible. is about five, seven. So that's quite indeed. high. It's probably yeah. higher well, than I thought it would be. if you look at what you'd be getting in, in closer to Melbourne, that's quite large, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. They'd be a lot smaller, yeah. And it's something that, that's been really refreshing for a lot of families, which is the other buyer coming from Melbourne as well mm. too. Um, that bigger lot is a real draw card. And when you consider the, the affordability factor of a block of that size, still by comparison to Melbourne, yeah. it's uh, a really attractive prospect, particularly in these established developments where there's already that sense of community. Yeah, and would it, I, it would be fair to say, Luke, you know, I would guess most lots in Ballarat interstates are somewhere between 150 and 200. Like That would be where 90% of a lot to fall. Look, the market in Ballarat is certainly, certainly moving. Yeah, it's and, going up, isn't and, it? Uh, <laughs> That's what we were saying. Yeah. And, and what you're saying at the moment there, Tim, was certainly very true here, yeah. only a matter of 12 months ago. Yeah. But in, re- in the last 12 months, it is starting to creep up there. Yeah, so few more starting with a two. Indeed, yeah. there certainly are. And look, particularly on those bigger allotments. Yeah. Um, and, that's, uh, and that's just reflective of the Ballarat market in general. Yeah. It's mm. still one where uh, um, we still see it as a very, very affordable option, but yeah. it's something where it is it's certainly moving in a positive direction. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So that's a lot of questions. Oh, well, actually, what, Mark? He's, he's, it's, oh, now, come on. I, I, I've got the hard job. I've got to sit here and make sure that you're not going to get out of line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, look, I, I think that's no, it's fantastic. Luke. So I, I suppose the last thing we probably should ask, so we, so we spoke about on hold, and then essentially the process, if you want to purchase, is after on hold, I go, yep, okay, we, we want to go ahead, it's sign a contract as you would a house. Indeed, exactly yeah. right. So it's still a, a very straightforward, still a real estate transaction. Yep. It's, um, we're working as a real estate agent, I guess, but it's something where um, ultimately it's uh, it's still very low pressure from how we handle it there. Yeah, Basically, sure. uh, clients don't sign a contract with myself personally. What we no. actually do is that we'll gen- ga- ga- generate a contract for a client and have that sent directly to their legal representative of choice. Um, that way they can have it looked over and make sure that they're fully protected through the buying yep. process and only then once they're happy do they sign off on a contract yep. we then countersign that contract and it's the deposit payable after and, that so and Luke one further part to that uh-huh. is clearly that if you're dealing with a lending institution mm-hmm. they may be able to give them a heads up that yes you're looking good for finance but until they can get evaluation and title that part of the process can't proceed well they need a contract yeah that so um, does that mean that there is a situation at the end of that that changes to a normal sale? Do you um, have do you have much of that accord? Look, not necessarily, Mark. It's a very good question. What you'll find, you're quite you're quite right with uh, the volume that we sell. I spend a lot of time on uh, semi-completed blocks on the same valuations. I can tell you, but yeah. Uh, yeah. but what we try to do to accommodate that to try and allow clients to be able to get to that what you call that unconditional finance point a bit sooner than uh, than if they were to wait for titles is that we'll always allow valuers access to the construction sites prior to titles issuing uh, in an unfinished format, so that way they can get what's called an as complete valuation undertaken which will allow Fantastic. them to still that's a great thing to know yeah, yeah. yeah so we'll we do that Ned for me it's something I do two to three a day in truth it's something we do very very yeah. regularly um, so uh, yeah the value is here in town uh, certainly all know me pretty well <laughs> yeah. and, it's, and it's no surprise Mark like most things we talk about on this show 
get decent advice. So if you've got a good solicitor, mortgage broker, and whoever the sales consultant is at the estate, most of them are pretty good. And I think the thing that we're we're always saying, don't be scared to ask questions. Because you get, look, we've learned some stuff tonight already from Luke, and we're in the business realistically of of real estate. Eight years in real estate, and I didn't know what I'd hold me on a block of land, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it's Well, yeah, you sort of got an idea, but you're not really sure of why it comes about. But but in, in truth, once you listen to the explanation, it's common sense. Yeah. So, um, it, look, I think that's fantastic, yeah. Luke, and uh, and I think probably we've we've probably asked too many questions already. <laughs> and I'm just and, and, well. and you answer so well and, and so quick fire. But w- what we normally ask of our listeners out there is that if they've got any questions, it's relative that um, they could send them in, and. You, at one stage, further down the track, we look. We'd probably love to have you back again. Yeah, we about some other things. Yeah. 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 So, um, and obviously, you'd be happy if we to part if we pass some questions on to you. And, Definitely, uh, from our listeners. Yeah, yes. and yeah, you know, like obviously, Luke's here as a guest, but I went through the process and found him really good to deal with. So, you know. No question was left unanswered, so it was really good. Oh, look, and he's a, he's got a European surname, <laughs> so I'm really happy about that. And uh, but uh, look, it's been fantastic having you on. Before but we, we have to do something. We've yeah. got we've got actually, you won't believe it. And this is a little secret. Just stay on the side. So <laughs> you know, we've actually got regular listeners. Yeah, so we actually <laughs> had to do a little bit of a thing to keep them listening. So yeah. over to you, Tim. Well, there's our, our main our main pod is the underground world. The miners of Ballarat. We're almost sponsored by them, aren't we? Yeah, yeah we should be. We actually. should be. We I hadn't to, thought of that. We need to. We need a contribution it. of some kind, mm, don't we? We do, yeah. Like a hard hat, we could do an episode. Oh, that'd be great. Wouldn't it? With a light on the who front. Makes, who makes hard hats, man? Well, oh, maybe that's it. We'll have to get know. them involved. You could have a pink one and... <laughs> Yeah, now. It's, it's just don't go too far, this. Anyway, we need to say good day to Jeff and everyone. in my wardrobe. Everyone in there. <laughs> but um, thanks, Luke, for coming on. It's been great. And, um, yeah, I'm sure if anyone needs more information, do you want to give yourself a quick plug? Oh, yeah. Where are you at? When are you open? What are you... It's, uh, look, pleasure's been all mine, guys. Thanks so much for the invite. It's something that uh, certainly more than... Uh, hopefully there's uh, some gems in there for people out mm. there looking to, to buy land. So if anyone's ever got any questions on the Integra developments, we're, we're certainly found now in the Lucas Estate um, at 180 Eleanor Drive. And uh, we're there seven days a week. Myself and Shana happy to answer any questions. Um, so in your best radio days. voice, 1 Elmore Drive. Uh, one Eleanor drive. Ah, <laughs> see, that's what I was just making sure oh, that we okay. had it right. Exactly. Because uh, he laughs maniacally. See, I told you I'd get it. Uh, yes, you did. <laughs> People have to go that way. All right, thank you, guys. Thank see you. Ya. Thank you again, everybody, and we'll see you for the next podcast. Bye.